And when he returned to Capernaum after some days, it was reported that he was at home. And many were gathered together so that there was no more room, not even at the door. And when he was preaching the word to them, and they came, bringing to him a paralytic carried by four men. And when they could not get near him because of the crowd, they removed the roof above him. And when they had made an opening, they let down the bed on which the paralytic lay. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, son, your sins are forgiven. Now some of the scribes were sitting there questioning in their hearts, why does this man speak like that? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? And immediately Jesus, perceiving in his spirit that they thus questioned within themselves, said to them, why do you question these things in your hearts? Which is easier to say to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven? Or to say, rise, take up your bed and walk. But that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He said to the paralytic, I say to you, rise, pick up your bed and go home. And he rose and immediately picked up his bed and went out before them all. So that they were all amazed and glorified God, saying, we never saw anything like this. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Once again, I'm Howard Brown, the pastor here at Christ Central Church, and um, we continue in our sermon series on God's reasons why. And um, just heads up, I'm going to take a little break from the pulpit for a little bit um, for the next month or so. And um, we're going to continue, though, in our a series, Christmas series, that is. And Omar, Pastor Amari and some other guys are going to get up here and preach and appreciate that. Um, from you guys. I'll be around, but um, just want to give you a heads up on that. I'm, I'm not gone. I'm just sitting down for a little bit. Sometimes you got to sit down, right? Um, but we continue, like I said, in our sermon series, God's Reasons Why, as in why God sent Jesus. Why God sent Jesus to come into our world and lives and be impacted to the point of death on a cross for our behalf. Today we look at the story of a paralytic, a paralyzed man, and four friends. So Jesus, like we saw last week, has crowds following him. And with him miraculously healing and feeding people, poor folk in particular, along the way with his revolutionary messages against the powers that be, Jesus has become hard to get next to. And in our passage, there is a paralytic who needs to get to Jesus, past the crowds in order to be healed. And a dilemma. It matches in desperation what is going on in and around us in our world, doesn't it? Maybe because uh, we are Christians here today or because we are touched by God's, uh, let's call it God's general grace as in just being human beings, but all of us believe somewhere, somehow, there has to be more and has to be better. There has to be help and healing for ourselves and those hurting and suffering in our world. But like this paralytic, we find ourselves traffic jammed socially, jammed circumstantially, held up in our faith and sheer ability to get to and find that healing, to get to or find that help, that deliverance we in our world so desperately needs. 
Well, there's good news from the Bible, from this passage, from this story of a paralyzed man and his friends for people like you and me, separated from the love, goodness, and wholeness that God promises us, separated by circumstance and or faith failure, as the old school school church people used to sing and say, and we just had in our song, God makes a way out of no way. That he makes a way to his blessings and hopes and wholeness and healing and forgiveness where you and I don't see and can't make a way by ourselves. And we see some of those ways out of no way that God honors and meets us in in this passage. God makes a way first as we carry each other through the struggle. Number one, as we carry each other through the struggle. Secondly, as we carry everything to him. And finally, as we see him as the carrier of our faith. Carrying each other through the struggle. Carrying everything to him and letting him be the faith carrier. Carrier is a word that only comes up two places for me. And maybe it's the same for you. For a large percentage here at Christ Central, if you just go on the other side of this wall... A carrier is the way mom and dad conveniently and securely snaps the little ones into the car, right? And then into the stroller or hanging on their arms from here and there and then sometimes on an upside down high chair at a restaurant. A carrier. But for almost all of us, carrier pops up as an update on your iPhone. I can't stand when that comes up because I don't really know what it means. I just know I better push it because it keeps popping up. I'm sorry, D. I just don't know. <laughs> D's a technology elder, okay? <laughs> and your carrier, of course, is, I got this from online, I'm not that smart, is a service provider that supplies connectivity services to mobile phone and tablet subscribers. Sound like a commercial up here. The cellular company you pay for, pay for your cell phone usage is either a mobile carrier or a mobile virtual network operator. In other words, your smartphone carrier is the mom and dad of your mobile data, okay? Carrying you around through thick and thin. Whether you realize it or not, because of the baby carrier and cell phone carrier knowledge, you already get and understand a profound theological truth as it applies to this passage, which is this. God makes a way for us to receive hope and blessing and power as we are carried and carry each other to him. When the crippled man and his four friends are paralytic and his four friends get to Jesus, the Bible says this in verse 5. And when they saw, and when Jesus saw their faith, this is after they've already gotten through, he said to, when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, son, your sins are forgiven. Now, the first part of that, he saw their faith. Now, the there, of course, is first about the four people, the four carriers, if you will, for their part in getting this paralyzed man where he needs to be to be healed by Jesus. They get a faith credit and thumbs up from Jesus, a this is how you do it, right, for their work here. Before those of us who are not believers 
or you're a shaky believer, before you get freaked out by the word faith and you possibly having to have it to be a carrier, remember you are faithful and exercise faith every day. I said this last week. You get up and go and drive, and when you turn the ignition on in your car, you have faith that all the mechanical pieces that Toyota, Honda, BMW, whatever put together, it's going to click, click, boom, start, and you get ready to go, right? You have faith that when you do your little Starbucks app, call in or text in whatever app order, that when you get there, you're going to show up and you're going to feel proud because all those people waiting in the long line, you're going to go to the mobile app line and you're going to pick it up. And you, are, you have faith that the barista got your thing right so much so that like me, y'all go and see your name on the thing, go to the car and then taste it. That's faith. You live in an online world with cards and everything else, you exercise incredible faith. We go to events. I went to a concert the other night with Kelly, right? We had the one place, we had the mobile tickets. What? We drove an hour and a half. It was when we went to the Greensboro showing, right? We go to Greensboro, drive an hour and a half with a mobile phone ticket. Y'all, faith. <laughs> what if we get this? Boop, boop. And, and, what? So Jesus recognizing their part in the delivery of a life believing, of a life believing that this should or could actually work. Faith. It is but half faith, and we'll get back to this, but, but, it, but it is human to have basic faith. Not talking about miracle saving faith yet, but anyone can have their basic faith used by God, even if you lack or resist faith in him. I mean, it could have been a paralytic faith, right? Hey, y'all, if y'all take me to Jesus, I will be able to walk again. Hey, y'all, y'all take me to Jesus, I'll be able to walk again. And his friends might be thinking, there ain't no way. But he might have been so irritating that they were faithful enough to take him, Right? back to the lesson here. Look at verse 1 through 4. And when he returned to Capernaum, after some days, he was, it was reported that he was at home. And many were gathered together so that there was no more room, not even at the door. And he was preaching the word of that, word to them. And they came bringing to him a paralytic carried by four men. I mean, they could not get near him because of the crowd. They removed the roof above him. And when they had made an open, opening, excuse me, they let down the bed on which the paralytic lay. Okay, there's clear hardship, a clear struggle going on. This man can't get himself to a place of help and healing. He is paralyzed. And on top of that, the Bible says that the place, a smallish middle-class house, is too packed to get this man in to be seen by Jesus and have Jesus see him. But the Bible says they engage in the struggle. Each taking one corner of the mat this man was laying on, each equally bearing the weight and balance of his movement, carrying him through the streets and then getting to the house. And they don't drop the man because there is hardship. Oh, must not be the will of God today. They don't drop the man because there's struggle or, or imagine that this is it. No, the Bible says, seeing they couldn't go through the front door, they go to the roof. There's no door on the roof, y'all. 
but they go to the roof. They had to be tenacious and creative to get this man's healing by any means necessary. And back then, these homes had an outside stairway, and they go around the side, and in Mark's account here, it says this. They removed the roof, right, and made an opening to let him down to Jesus. So these roofs, which were strong enough to walk on apparently, were overlaid with some sort of palm leaf maybe. Let's call it all natural tiles of some sort. Way more natural than you find at Home Depot, okay? And when it says they removed the roof, it literally meant, means they unroofed the roof, right? And then when it says they made an opening, the original language says this, they dug an opening, which means they took the first layer of tiles, as Luke calls it, tiles off, right? And then they dug into the hardened mud pitch, right? Made most likely from animal poop, right? Clay and dirt, this gunk they dug into to make a hole big enough to lower him before Jesus to be healed. Could you imagine, right? That's the kind of stuff you don't mess with, right? You don't put your fingernails in that. That stuff don't clean off too well. And then imagine you got Jesus down there. You got the scribes, all these high-end folk who got there early and on time. You know when you get somewhere on time and early and you are close to the VIP person, you don't want no mess. But they start digging. You can just see, like, these poop clods and dirt and mud falling on folk hair and folk shit. What is going on? It was that faith Jesus was talking about that put this man in a position to be blessed, a faith to engage in a human struggle for another human being. Here's something you may not know. Because some of y'all think it's just Christian, right? Or, or it's just church folk. But we are so broken in our humanity that we've forgotten it is part of being human for you and me to take faith and take someone else's problems and life and shortcomings and inabilities and disabilities into our very hands. It is human to be like that. Making and building a community around them and for them in a hard and harsh and boundary-filled world. Boundaries to someone other, some to others' sense of worth and dignity. Boundaries, that is, to them knowing and seeing the love of God that, that God has for them. It is our call to get creative and dirty and to dig into the crap, right? The smelly, nasty realities of being separated from wholeness and health and spiritual fullness God has for people. Jesus is calling you and me, especially you believers. Yeah, you church folk, you are too clean. Y'all clean in your faith, right? You, you don't get dirty. You, you don't have uh, uh, the human dilemma, the human issue crap on you as you should we shouldn't go around smelling so good and looking so good but especially you believers you're called to be faith carriers to carry each other to carry broken people in their broken situations where they can't go in ways they can't move or see for themselves to have faith for them and use our strengths and abilities and community and concert for them in ways they are powerless to make a difference, to own and commit to join in owning their struggles, so much so that if you drop your part, they are done. 
But let me prepare you, because I think this passage is already done. Being a carrier, they found out when they had to go to the roof and dig through the, that mud, poop, grout, and mortar is an automatic, challenging hardship. We live in a broken world, y'all. It never fails, right? Helping oppressed, issue-bound, addicted, or prejudiced, second-class, treated, in need of mercy people is always messy. It's never easy. Just go to this class. Let me just give you a check. Let me give you a food card. Let me give you a ride, right? It's never that easy. You know, and I think this is why right lately, right, it, it shouldn't be this way. Let me go ahead and say that. How, how is it that the evangelical church that I'm a part of or grown up in is on the opposite side of folk who are in the most need? If you go on Facebook and politically, why are we on the opposite side? Why are we clean oftentimes in the world so dirty? What is going on here? Because it's messy, Right? Someone's going to question your morals. But Christians aren't about morals. We're about the gospel. And there's a big difference. We're not about being and looking clean. That ain't in the notes. Let me keep going. And on the other side, carrying, think they got it together, people too, right? Those are the hardest to deal with. You think it's hard to carry a person who's struggling in mercy and need? They know they need to go to Jesus. But what about saying, I'm going to carry those who think they got it together, real degreed, but broken and paralyzed and frozen in their pride and arrogance and ignorance, people, and those who just have barriers and walls against religion and church even. Their lives are always filled with mess, with barriers and lines and red tape and frustrations and, and getting there. And, and y'all, look, man, if, if you haven't been among a people group that is, is, is oppressed and struggling, you always run out of space. <laughs> look, y'all, I might be middle class now. That don't mean nothing. I'm just caught in the middle. But I come from a people. They ain't never no air conditioning. There ain't never enough food. There's always a line. If you just go to this building, they'll help you out. You get there, did you bring your paperwork? Oh, paperwork. People who are struggling in this world, it is a constant DMV line all the time. It's always government. Right? And then what happens when you get there? The line is long. There's paperwork got to be done. There's two or three things got to happen. And then you get to the window, and the person at the window treats you bad. Ah! You know what you think in your head? Man, if they had just made better life choices, they would be like me in the short line. What? That's why folk who think they got it together are some of the hardest to carry. <laughs> You know, the human struggle when it comes to mercy ministry and care ministries and breaking down institutional issues of race and poverty and lack of mental health care and sexism and ministering to the out of touch, untouched privilege and on and on to bring them just to a place where they can be healed is a compounded issue, a mini series of brokenness that sometimes takes the faith of many. Like you might need a community of people for one person sometimes. 
And y'all are discouraged. I tried to get them help. I tried to do this, but they just can't take it. No, they can't. They paralyzed. That's what mercy ministry is. Without a doubt, if you go to help the less fortunate, let me just say it, engaging to help another human being faithfully, physically, financially, emotionally, socially, spiritually, if it can go wrong, it will go wrong. You are helping people who, who have become paralyzed by fear and guilt and shame and oppressed and who fear the church or fear help or fear being left behind or fear trying in, who fear simply being cared for. Things will get dirty and almost impossible. The world will appear against you at times. And that just might be a sign when you see a roof <laughs> and not a doorway and you know you're supposed to carry this person, that might be a sign you might be doing faithful work of Jesus. You ever think of that? Me either. I think this ain't the will of God. Some, he said, God, if you could just make a doorway. No, sometimes he makes a skylight, right? He makes a hole in a roof, right? At Christ Central, we have made it a goal to be an eclectic community. You know, I try to stay away from talking about all these stuff all the time, just to be kind of flat on things. But I think it's time that I go ahead and wade in. You know, we're about diversity of all types. So I warn you that if you decide to join community as a person who can walk and live in ways that not like me, in ways I can't because of race or whatever, you will face a complicated mess. It will take more than one little coffee talk about race. One little, hey, tell me your story, and then you sit down one time and you're done. What? You know how much crap is built up between me and a sense of dignity? I'm just talking about me, right? I can talk about me, but look around this room. Do you know how much mess there is? between the dignity Christ would have for me to free from this pa paralytic sense of being as an as a African-American man in this country and some of the things I've felt lately, it's going to be a long journey, y'all. I am hard to carry. There are some heavy issues, and I think I'm kind of light compared to some things you'll face here. It's not just the black thing, right? It's financial, right? It's social. It's being a woman, right? It, it's trying to figure out what's going on in your sexuality. Just can't figure it out back and forth, up. You just don't know. These are heavy issues, y'all. It's going to be complicated. You got your little notes together, right? We just going to go through the front door. Jesus, we need you, and it's going to work. It don't work like that. Oh, I wish I had something easier to tell you. All right. <laughs> Thank you. The way to healing in a church like ours and in this world is crowded with history and social and psychological damage. And then on top of this outside stuff, the historical stuff, I got all kind of personal sin issues just like you. Oh, my gosh. What are we doing? It's going to be crappy. Like, maybe that's a cuss word. I don't know. It's going to be crappy. It's going to stink. That's when you know work getting done. I mean, Pastor George and I planted this church. We were like, it's going to get way worse before it gets better. 
And maybe in your relationship, in your situation, you just threw the first level of mess. <laughs> wow. Maybe you just get into the door and realize it's too crowded, and now you got to depend on Jesus to do something else. But the paralytic friends, let me move on. We're not only the only ones who exercise faith. Jesus said he saw their faith. That's the paralytic too. What? This is a hard one for most of us in this room. Y'all ready? The paralytic too had to be faithful to be carried by four people. He had to trust four people. Now, I said friends just because I couldn't think of another word, but possibly strangers to carry him to Jesus up the side of a building and through a roof, y'all, in ways, hear this, that he couldn't control. Now, I know this hard for me. I love control because I think I'm pretty good at running my own life. Now, ask my wife, ask my kids. I'm not, okay? I need handlers, all right? Here's the call to faith for healing and wholeness for many of us in this church on the well-educated, affluent, overachiever, successful, and more ready to give mercy ministry than feel they think they need it side of things. Do you have the faith to be the paralytic in the story? Can you be willing to be carried? That means are you willing to display and lay down in your exhaustion admitting you don't have what it takes to get to where God would have you go by yourself on your own strength that you can't love your husband or wife or friends or family or parents or kids or business or depression or, or get past a mental and emotional mess you're in or your anxiety or, or even your stoic, unemotionalistic, mechanical nature or handle your work demands environment on your own? Are you willing to admit defeat? and inability, and disability, and loneliness, and isolation. Will you be carried? Will you be let down through a roof? Will you let someone else take and own your brokenness? They got your full story. There ain't no back door. There ain't no closets, which means keeping still, faithfully being, admitting, and owning weakness and helplessness. Some for, for some of you, for the first time in your lives. Saying and declaring, I need, can I get just two friends? What about three? No, four friends to handle me and my problem, to bring me to Jesus, to bring me to healing and holiness. Let me ask you in here, where do you lie on the mat? Where are you being carried? Where is your faith in this way? I'm going to say something harsh, Adam. There is no way. You are getting to God and being whole and strong and stand the way God created and calls you to be, even going around doing all kind of miraculous and mercy things in the city and helping body, everybody else do, if you don't have a community of carriers for your own life and soul. Because it don't work that way. Jesus came for the carried and the carriers and not for those who only come and stay and get through on their own. It is not Christianity. The question is not how are you staying on top of your game, but how are you staying in the game by assuming your place among the hurt, oppressed, broken, sinful, and needy? Oh, I know this church loves this stuff. We've been loving this stuff for 14 years. Y'all, I had to learn the hard way too. You can't be about mercy and justice and reconciliation ministry if you haven't been carried yourself with mercy 
to reconciliation and justice. It don't happen. I heard a pastor say when that stuff was happening in Charlotte, and I said it when they were interviewing me on the TV show or whatever. Look, when you look at people and you're like, why are they looting like that? What's wrong with them? Are they crazy? I heard a pastor say, if you don't understand that, then you're not in touch with their sense of brokenness. How can you help the people you see on TV struggling and marching and saying, my black life matters or whatever? I, it doesn't have, I'm just using that because that's the first thing coming to my mind because I'm black. And you can't understand? You're always on the other side. Well, I wonder, and you're asking 10 questions. I wonder if they thought about, if they could just, how many of them finished school? And how many of them committed themselves? And how many of them really tried hard and worked hard like I did? If you're asking yourselves the 10 questions first, then you've never been on a mat. Here's another hard one. Oh, I thought it was going to end there. Where are your faithful friends? Where are they? Where are your faithful caregivers? Who is it can take and carry you beyond your fears, beyond your, where your own faith can take you, but where you desperately need to go and go for healing and wholeness? Think about four names. It's just four people who will tear the roof off for you, who will dig into the crap, right, deep down in your mess. And it will lower you down and offer you up to Jesus. Okay, think of three. <laughs> Two. One. This is what authentic relationship communities we hope to be at Christ Central is all about. Faithful companionship caring. We have some ways to help and we can work on that. We carry each other, y'all. That's how Jesus works. He, the Bible says he uses means. That means he uses vehicles. Yeah, he's the power behind it. He's the, he's the director, the conductor. He makes sure the tracks are in place. But he uses means to get us there. And he gets us there by being carried and carried. But why you carry one another and what you hope to get in it, in it is also important, isn't it? Which brings us to this, our second lesson here. We carry everything to him. So they go through all these struggles to carry this man. And this man has entrusted, entrusted his life to these four people. He's relinquished control, and they finally get to Jesus. Jesus says this paralytic, almost comical here, right? Oh, he, he can't walk. He, he needs help. We break through the roof. Yeah, we got him down there. Lower him. Son, your sins are forgiven. It's the church answer. We didn't want to hear that. <laughs> right? It's the theological answer. Right? I'm, I'm, I'm hurt. Please help me. Can someone? Let, let me. Look, look. You just got to trust God. Go in peace. Oh, man. You don't want to hear that when your light bill do. You don't want to hear that when your husband and wife leaving right now because they tie to you. You don't want to hear that. We'll pray for you. See you later. What? Oh, we just got a bad report from a doctor or a boyfriend or girlfriend has broken up with us or we got fired and need a job or have been abused or something. But Jesus has a reason for doing this in the order he does it. Look at what's all that's going on here. Go back to verse 5. It says here, and when they, Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, says to a paralyzed man, come on, Jesus, what you doing? Hey, paralyzed man, can't walk. Your sins are forgiven. Oh, come on, I knew that. Now, you're always more people in the room. 
One thing when I was in seminary, I always told you when you do these gospel stories, it, it, it's never the person you think, right, is the center of the story. There's other people in the story. So you have to kind of consider what they're bringing to the story, right? If Jesus does. He's looking at the room saying, how am I handle this? Let me look at my room. Hmm. I'm going this way with it, right? Now, it says in verse 6, some of the scribes are sitting there. They crowding up the room against people who need it, right? Questioning in their hearts, why does this man speak like this? Man, the son of God. Okay, anyway, why does this man speak like this? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? And really, Jesus, perceiving in his spirit that they thus questioned within themselves, said to them, why do you question these things in your heart? Heart, I love this. What is easier to say to the paralytic? Your sins are forgiven? Or say, rise, take up your bed and walk. Of course, anybody of us can go and say, your sin's forgiven. I'm going to pray for you. God bless you, right? But can you actually lay your hands on a man, get up and walk, right? So they're in a little dilemma here. I love what Jesus does. It's actually harder to say your sins are forgiven and mean it, right? And so, okay, any, moving on. But that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He said to the paralytic, I say to you, rise, pick up your bed, and go home. And he rose and immediately picked up his bed and went out before them all. Back then, they believed that sickness was connected to sins. And it is, in the sense that when sin came in the world, all of a sudden our bodies started to fall apart too. So that if you forgave someone's sins, you would have to confirm that you had authority to do it. By actually doing a miracle along with the declaration of forgiveness, ba-boom, fire from the sky, God really wanted this sins forgiven, right? Or by the person going through the steps of forgiveness by bringing sacrifice to the temple and then being cleared by the priest at the temple. In other words, the scribes are thinking, you can't franchise forgiveness, Jesus. He said, your sins are forgiven to this paralytic and no healing. Chief is talking, no priestly temple authority to prove this paralyzed man is repentant. Jesus' critics are thinking, we can claim he's a false prophet. We got him. Blasphemy. Because God's in the temple. He ain't out here with you. And so Jesus with divine ESP, kind of powers, knows what they're thinking and feeling in their heart. He's the original X-Man. He, can, he, can, he, he knows what's going on. <laughs> he asked, which is harder? The healing or declaration of forgiveness. But so you will know I am claiming to be, who are, there is no way to question it, be healed. And he's healed. And when he does both in concert, I'm not going to get too far into everything here. But when he does both in concert, he is saying in word and deed, I am God come in the flesh. That was huge. As the son of God, y'all, as the son of man, I can heal anything and everything. And it's the message he used to fix what the scribes are thinking, but also, forget the scribes for a minute, but also to give us faith in carrying and being carried by each other to Jesus for hope. Do you see what saying this man's sins are forgiven and then healing physically proclaims? Jesus is saying he has come to heal the problems in the deepest unseen places and the most broken circumstances a person can have and everything in between, everything and anything and anyone. He said Jesus claimed to be more than cold medicine. He is way better than that. He is not on our faithful carrying and being carrying to him saying he is just taking away or bringing relief or mercy through surface symptoms of racism and poverty and sickness or sexism and classism and all kinds of marital issues and all kinds of health concerns, things we should be faithfully engaged in to help others through. 
But in our faithful part, he is promising in forgiving the man's sins first to do the impossible. He is taking care and healing and promising to heal the root of human struggle. He is promising that he is the God who will take care of sin itself, the darkness itself, the core issue itself, the disease itself, the virus of hate itself, the devil himself broke itself, right? The thing you can't put words to that just makes it seem impossible when you're going through things that that make it hard to think you're okay. What does this mean? So much more than any other mercy or justice or help organization or 501c3 out there. Without Jesus at its center and end and core, we can claim more than any of those because we can carry and be carried in confidence that there is nothing Jesus can't touch and in the end leave untouched that needs to be dealt with regardless of why you might have first felt you needed to come to Jesus. I, you know why I came to Jesus when I was in eighth grade? Because I was failing algebra. I thought that was all I needed. Oh, I'm really having a hard time in algebra. I saw my mom walking with Jesus. She was talking about miracles and all that. Man, I had a 59 in algebra. Jesus. And I remember coming to the, I need Jesus, mom. Why? Because I need his power, mom. I just, my, my, my algebra grade. Can Jesus help me on that? And she was reading some passages out of Daniel and how God gave the Daniel and the four other guys knowledge and all the math and science. And I'm like, I'm holding on to that promise. Hallelujah. Thanks for breaking through the roof, mom. Boy, Jesus had a whole lot more to deal with, didn't he? Than an algebra grade. But I did get like a 90 the next semester. Thank you, Jesus. I'm glad that's all I needed because you just deal with that thing, right? No, the scripture is saying this is God you were brought to and he can handle anything. So the one thing you bring people to in mercy and justice and need, guess what? He comes in and says, I'm the God of everything. From the sin to the sin brokenness, I am Jesus and I come to heal it all. which means we are not just here when we carry to Jesus or carry to Jesus. We have hope that we'll be made whole by him. Last week I brought this up and I want you to see it again. Well, God wants you to see it again. Faith is not real faith if it is one-sided in its results. Okay. This is so difficult, especially in, especially in the way Christianity and churches do faith these days? If you believe and you get the result you want, you are a faithful person. That's half faith. That's not a fully connected faith, y'all. Do you understand that? Let's look at it. You want results from God, from faith from your hard work, for the way you've prayed so hard, for the way you carry each other. But real faith happens, hear me, when God gets the results he wants from what results in your life as he moves on you, through you, and for you. That is full gospel faith. 
And full faith happens here with this paralyzed man and his friends when they see Jesus as the one who is the carrier of their faith. Look at what happens here at the end. Um, it says here, um, and man, Luke has, it says it so much better. I'm going to talk about that a little bit. But, but that you may know that the Son of Man has authority to forgive. Uh, Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He said to the paralytic, if, you say, if I, say, I say to you, rise, pick up your bed and go home. And he rose and immediately picked up his bed and went out before them all so that they were all amazed and glorified, it says. And um, I'm trying to see. Okay, yeah, okay. I just jumped in Luke. I don't have that in here. So um, and he rose and immediately picked up the bed and went out before them all so that they were all amazed and glorified God and saying, we never saw anything like this. Now, the Luke passage says this. I just want to flip ahead and I think I found it. It says, and immediately he rose up before them and picked up what he had been lying on and went home glorifying God. Ah, oh, y'all. Remember what we just saw and what the scribes were concerned about and upset about? He would have the authority of God and or be God, the son of God to say and then do what he did about forgiving sin and then healing this man. Because there was a process in the Jewish world, right? First, you had to go through the priesthood once you were healed and be tested to see if the healing is legit and then bring your sacrifice for sin and thanks for the healing. And then you are free to go home glorifying God. But this man gets healed. And Jesus says, go home. What? I don't have to go give my sacrifices to God. I, 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 I don't have to do any more work. No, go home. He went home praising God right there. That's why people are amazed. Wait a minute. This dude not only gets up and walks, but he goes home afterwards. He don't have to go get the, the bull or the lamb and sacrifice it. No. You know why they're amazed? No man could have done this. No man could have forgiven sin, healed the person, and then say, go home. You good. That paralytic's ability to walk and most importantly praising God meant he left believing God himself touched him and came into his life. And that's why he gives credit to him, glorifying God and to nothing and no one else. Which means, according to the story, the man's response that Jesus and Jesus alone is a God carrier for humanity, and no one and nothing else can do and promise to do what he can do. He, as God, come in the flesh, alone brings the things that God has for all people, as God carried to us so we can be carried to God himself, y'all. Do you hear that? The one who made you and me, the one and only one who can do the amazing and everything in the life of the people in this world, paralyzed and disabled by all kinds of problems, that we can be brought to God himself and Jesus Christ. And this is the inspiration and power of our faith. This is our call and drive to carry and be carried. The Son of Man is here in the person of the Holy Spirit right now for earthly issues, but with heavenly authority results, albeit your healing and wholeness might be behind some circumstances on the other side of a roof, right? On the other side of a lot of personal failure and shame and history and struggle and sickness, albeit your healing and wholeness might be on the other side of all kinds of stuff. But hear this, there is no element no circumstance that can stop faithful carriers and carriers from getting to and meeting a faithful God right now, right today, in whom we have and take faith 
and that Jesus, the God carrier, will carry through on his promises. Even if we hit another wall, even if we hit another roof after the journey or, or when at first, like this paralytic, right? When Jesus doesn't give him exactly what he might have wanted, but needed more than he knew in forgiving his sins. God wants some of you here to know today to keep digging, to keep climbing, to keep holding on to other people's lives, keep laying down or, or to carry on. The God carry will not fail or falter, but is faithful to not just heal us, but make us whole. I missed this the first time. But this man didn't just get up and just walk home. He got up praising God. He not only could walk, y'all. He was carried away. He got carried away. He got carried away by a God holiness he didn't have before. To just having his legs healed couldn't give him. Some of us have no problem walking and living free in this world. But we are paralyzed from giving God's glory. Because we are not sure God knows and loves us. Carrying and being carried, being carried away by Jesus is trusting that God is being and promises to be good to you. Trusting that God really loves the whole you, the all of you, inside and out. And trusting in God to love you, the whole you, inside and out. That is freedom. That is walking in dignity of being human. Do you know that being human is experiencing relationship with God? That you are less than human if you're not carried away by the love of God at work in your heart. Like our mission statement says, we believe God is calling us to free people, to enjoy God, to hear his truth, to form authentic relationships, and then face the world with the renewed dignity that comes from Christ. And that only happens if we recognize Jesus as a carrier of God, as a carrier of our love as we carry and are carried by each other for everything and anything. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that on the other side of the carrying is Christ Jesus. And that changes everything. Help us today find community. Help us today to be community. But help this community to have Christ, the God carrier, at its center. Lord, help us when we are surprised by what you do in our lives. Lord, thank you that we go in for one thing to reward you and we get everything. I pray for those who need healing physically, financially, socially, paralyzed and just walking whole as a human being in whatever way. I pray that you would heal them. I pray that you would touch their lives. 
and pray for a miracle change in how they're walking and how they're living. But I pray most of all, Lord, that they would go away glorifying God. That they would actually get carried away by just how good you've been to them. Do this in our lives, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.